Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the 11th weekend after Pentecost. I welcome everybody here in the building today. We also welcome those who are listening or watching online. Um, as, as always, you can go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and on that website, under the resources tab, is a place where you can download the bulletin for the service. You can follow along. There's also a give tab there where you can give your offering to the Lord in His church. Few, few announcements for everybody today. Um, over the last couple of weeks, as, as you are undoubtedly aware, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of disagreement, frankly, among our government leaders and others regarding the mask mandate here in St. Louis County. Uh, so that you are aware, our Board of Elders is meeting uh, this upcoming Monday night, and we'll be discussing that issue, especially in regard to worship and gathering here at Chapel of the Cross. Uh, in the meantime, um, uh, I do encourage you to wear a mask as we're gathering here uh, for worship this weekend. We do have masks available for you if you forget yours. Those are at the front door there as you came in today. Former chapel pastor and good friend of ours, Reverend Dr. Mark Cushman, will be leading an online seminar this week through Concordia Seminary. It's going to be August 16th to 18th, and everybody can attend if you so wish. Uh, it's called Faith and Justice in the City. And uh, Pastor Mark will dive into Lutheran theology in relation to the city and the role of congregations in shaping and renewing the urban environment. Uh, to sign up for that, you can go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, click on the link that's there on, on the homepage. Cost is $100, and, and the deadline has passed, but uh, they're still taking re registrations through Mark's email address. So that, all that is there as you can... Um, you can click that. Also, I believe an email blast went out to the church today. So you should have that information if you are part of our email, uh, if you receive our emails. Grief Share, Grief Support Groups begin, start, begin meeting this week. Uh, there are two times, as usual, when the groups meet. Tuesdays, 2 to 4 p.m., that starts August 10th. And Thursdays, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., starting August 12th. Uh, please call the church office to sign up for that or if you need some more information about that. And, and please share with those, especially those who you may know are going through a grief situation. doesn't have to be a member of the church, just uh, a neighbor, a friend, a family member who, who might uh, be in a grief situation. Please share with them about Grief Share um, and give them that information. There's more information as well in your chapel weekly. And next Saturday, August 14th, a week from today, 10 to 12 noon, Mike Miller of Day 3 Seeds will once again be sharing his knowledge and his expertise with us. The theme for that day is Great Gardens in Autumn. So join us that day, the 14th, 10 to 12 noon. Please sign up so we can prepare. The sign-up sheet is at the Welcome Center. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus. It's 821 in our hymn book, and we stand to sing it together.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. From Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called, and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. St. Paul writes, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus, the bread of life, gives us life and salvation. O Jesus, living bread from heaven, we confess to you that we are by nature sinful. We have sinned against you in thoughts, words, and actions. We have grumbled and complained. We have been bitter, unkind, and unforgiving. We have not imitated you, but gone our own way. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior, forgive us our sins. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them his Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks be to God. be with you. Let us pray. Gracious Father, your blessed Son came down from heaven to be the true bread that gives life to the world. Grant that Christ, the bread of life, may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading appointed for this day is 1 Kings 19, beginning at verse 1. 
Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from Ephesians chapter 4 and 5. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You are taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speaking truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for, for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave us and loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Day by day, your mercies, Lord, attend me, bringing comfort to my anxious soul. Day by day, the blessings, Lord, you send me, draw me nearer to my heavenly goal. Love divine beyond all mortal measure brings to naught the burdens of my quest. Savior, lead me to the home I treasure, where at last I'll find eternal rest. Day by day, I know you will provide me strength to serve and wisdom to obey. I will seek your loving will to guide me o'er the paths I struggle day by day. I will fear no evil of the morrow. I will trust in your enduring grace. Save your help me bear life's pain and sorrow till in glory I behold your face. What joy to know that you are near me when my burdens grow too great to bear. Oh, what joy to know that you will hear me when I come, oh Lord, to you in prayer. Day by day, no matter what betide me, you will hold me ever in your hand. Savior, with your presence here to guide me, I will reach at last the promised land. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, 
but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given to me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth, he who believes has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate the manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn of the word, Lord, enthroned in heavenly splendor. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
life imparting heavenly manna, stricken rock with his dreaming sight, heaven and earth with loud hosanna, worship you. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for the sermon this day is that Old Testament reading uh, appointed for this day from 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. I'd like to read that story again and and, uh, continue on for a few verses after our reading uh, stopped. Uh, We're going to go through verse 10 in this text. Now, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and he fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. In the name of Jesus. Christian friends. That was kind of interesting. I saw a poll recently uh, conducted by the World Economic Forum of how Americans measure success. That was interesting, at least it was interesting to me because it gave just a little bit of a, a snapshot of what success means to the average person in our country. To those who took that survey, at least to me it's a little disheartening to hear the the results of that. The survey uh, suggested that success means that you are married with two kids, you work 31 hours a week, and you make an annual salary of $147,000. You have five and a half weeks of vacation, and you travel three times a year. Your home is valued at $461,000, and your car is valued at $41,000. Now, certainly, the idea of success is a little bit subjective, but that little survey gives just a little glimpse of what most people would say are markers of success. How do you measure success? 
What is it that makes one successful? What does it take to be a success? Is it simply salary level, vacation time, your home value, relationship status, or is it more than that? What about for the Christian, for, for you and for me? What makes, what makes a successful servant of God? How do we measure ourselves as Christians? Have we been or are we successful? Those are questions that maybe some of you have asked yourselves. Certainly those are questions, as we read that Old Testament reading, those are questions that Elijah was asking himself a few thousand years ago. That simple farmer turned prophet Elijah was just off the heels of a great victory, both for himself and, and, and for the God of Israel. Maybe you remember that story. King Ahab, he had led the people of Israel away from God into idolatry, and they had started to worship Baal instead of the one true God. And the situation came to a head when Elijah challenged the people. He says, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Either choose God or choose Baal. And then to show them who indeed was the true God, Elijah set up two altars. Remember? The bull on each one. He challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to call upon their gods to set fire to one of those, one of those altars. And those prophets, they called out to their gods and they danced around and they pleaded with their gods to start that fire, but nothing happened. So Elijah starts to taunt them a little bit. Maybe you should shout a little louder. Maybe you, you're not getting your God's attention. Maybe he's deep in thought. Maybe he's traveling. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's sleeping and you need, you need to wake him up. So the prophets of Baal cried out louder. They, they even slashed themselves with knives to get their God to hear them. But at the end of the day, nothing happened to that bull on that altar. Finally, Elijah prepared his altar, put that bull on it. Then he had the altar soaked with water. And he prayed to the Lord that he might come and make it known that he, God Almighty, was the true God of Israel. And you might remember what happened. Immediately, fire came down from heaven and not only burned up that sacrifice, but also burned all the wood and the stones and the soil. And the fire, even the Bible says, licked up all that water that was around the altar. Man, talk about success. A wonderful success. Now, Elijah's just this one-man religious army. He had single-handedly taken on not only the king and his evil wife Jezebel, but also the 450 prophets of Baal. And he had won. I mean, that's success, isn't it? Success with a capital S. Elijah might not say so, though. You might think, as Elijah did, that the people would have enthusiastically regained their senses. They would have dropped their Baal worship like a hot potato and followed the great God of, of Israel. But that wasn't the case. In fact, not only did the people not listen to him, but Elijah actually had to fear for his very life. Elijah had made Queen Jezebel look very silly, you know, and she vowed to have him killed. So if you were to ask Elijah if he was a successful servant of God, he might respond with disgust, actually. Hardly. Because it seemed to Elijah that he had failed 
and he had failed miserably. Probably thought that even the Lord had kind of let him down into this crisis and then just deserted him. And he felt alone, discouraged, frustrated, and afraid. And so he flees. He flees into the wilderness. He finds a broom tree to lie under and being all wrapped up in self-pity and feeling like he's reached the end of his rope, Elijah says to the Lord, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life. Just let me die. (laughs) Now there's a guy we can relate with. How many of us have ever felt alone and discouraged and frustrated and afraid? How many of us have ever tried to run away from a bad situation? How many of us have ever gotten to the the seemingly end of our rope and said with Elijah, I have just had enough, Lord? Well, we go through the same stuff, don't we? We of the Christian church are called to be God's prophets, proclaiming his word to our generation of modern Baal worshipers. You know what Jesus says to us? He says, be the salt of the earth. Be the light on the hill. But our every word and deed, it doesn't always witness to the Lordship of Christ. And today we stand at the end of almost 2,000 years of efforts to carry out that great commission. And you take a look, a little look around us, and it's a little bit humbling, isn't it? Signs of apparent failure kind of leap up at us from every side. The statistics are a little alarming. About a third of people in the United States are unchurched, claiming no religious affiliation whatsoever. That proportion represents 100 million people in America. It's not lack for lack of churches. There's churches all over the place. But in spite of all of our organization, all of our efforts, the prophetic voice of the church is so often muted, so often ignored. On the internet and the TV, they spout out trash most of the day. We look around and about and see our neighbors and we see them raising their families and operating their businesses without any kind of a standard from God. And the Christian who shares that truth of God's word often risks alienation and ridicule and sometimes even persecution. And because this is so, we're so often tempted, tempted to follow Elijah's example. And often we sit down and we say with disgust, oh, the world's, it's just getting worse and no one's listening to us. What's the use? And we throw up our hands and we say with Elijah, Lord, you know what? I've had enough. I'm not going to do it anymore. But you know, God doesn't let that kind of attitude go unchallenged. Just as he wouldn't let Elijah's attitude go unchallenged. The lesson that God taught Elijah on that mountain is for us too. Lesson began with a very humbling question. What are you doing here, Elijah? That little question, you can hear hear some rebuke, can you not? Elijah was supposed to be somewhere else preaching and teaching as prophets are supposed to do. But there he sat in his cave, stewing in self-pity and wanting God's sympathy 
See, Elijah had forgotten that God was the Lord. No matter how things looked, no matter how things, how bad things seemingly got. And Elijah was to be God's servant in all of that. So God says to him, don't be discouraged, Elijah. You are my servant. But more importantly, I am your God. It is not your abilities or your words or your talents that make ministry a success. It is my power and my will and my word working in and through you. In fact, through my power and my will and my word, Elijah, you are not alone in following me. There are 7,000 Israelites that have not bowed down to Baal. So go, Elijah. Remember, I am your God and I am in control. St. Paul knew that, didn't he? He talked about that, that thorn in his flesh. Remember when he talked about that? And he prayed that God would take it away? God says, no. My power is made perfect in weakness, Paul. Everyone will know that it is by my power, by my will, by my word that the gospel spreads. Paul says, we have this treasure, this gospel in jars of clay. Right? What, a, what an interesting picture. What a true picture. Because that's all we are, really. We're just clay pots. Imperfect, damaged, irregular, flawed clay pots. Oh, but do we have a treasure inside that clay pot of ours? The gospel is our treasure. And it is the power to salvation. It's not our power. It is his power. It's been a little while, but um, last time I went bowling, we were placed next to this, this little family. They had a couple kids, little kids. And it was, it was a lot of fun just kind of watching those, those. They had two children, those little ones bowl. One boy, he was probably, probably five, six years old, he, he waddled up to the line carrying this ball that just seemed to be heavier than he was. And it was all he could do to lean down between his legs and give a big push. And he grunted as he did it and pushed that ball down the lane. Pushed it as hard as he could. And truthfully, I didn't think he could get down to the end. Uh, there, there must be a slope to those, to those lanes because it just kept on going. And it bounced back and forth on the, with the, the kitty bumpers on the sides and it lumbered down the lane and it finally got to the pins and when it did, it just kind of moved back and forth. A after every pin it hit, it, went, it moved again and then it moved again because it was going so slow until finally every single pin was knocked down. Ten pins. And that kid just jumped up. He was ecstatic. He was shouting. His dad was ecstatic. He write a big X on, the, on, on his score sheet. It's a wonderful celebration. And I think about that, and I think that story teaches a little lesson. Because as, as imperfect as our talents might be, and as totally weak as we might be, as much as we feel that we might be a failure, God can still use us. And God does use us. And he can accomplish great things as he works by his spirit through us. And you know, through it all, God has given some wonderful promises. Like he fed and strengthened Elijah through the angel. God promises to feed and to strengthen us. 
Now, you heard what Jesus said in the gospel reading, didn't you? He says, I am the bread of life. He feeds us with his word in our personal and family devotions, in our worship time together here at church, in Bible study, in Sunday school, in our quiet time with our Bibles. God comes to us, comes to us through his word. He works in our hearts. He gives us strength, and he feeds us so we can go and feed others. God also promises to feed us through his Holy Supper. <laughs> he literally feeds us with his very body and his very blood. He's going to do it again tonight. And we ingest him, the bread of life, for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith. And through God's feeding, and through his promises, and his work, and his word, God works his kind of success. You know, worldly success, it is totally overrated. Worldly success does not bring true happiness and true joy and true contentment. God works his kind of success. And that success, it does not lie within us. It lies within the God who made us and what he has accomplished. Our success is based on who we are in Christ. And whatever is successful in the church is success not because of us, but because of God working in and through us. And on the last day, it will be, be because of God's grace, his goodness, his success, that he will say to us, welcome home. Well done, good and faithful, successful servant. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Page 11 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life for the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. Yeah. 
to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word just to stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, you have demonstrated your great love for us and for all sinners. Through him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. We praise and we thank you for your love and for your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, guide your church in the care of the poor, the unemployed, and all in need, that from the abundance that you have entrusted to us, we may extend your care to those around us. Bless the places where your people gather around your word to learn and grow. And bless your church with a zeal for outreach and evangelism. We pray that our congregation would faithfully share the love of Jesus in this community and throughout our world so that all may have a living relationship with Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of the church and Lord of the nations, use us and all Christians and use all of the world's leaders to work for justice for all. Bless the men and the women of our armed forces and bring peace where there is war and violence. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, come near to the sick, the suffering, the hospitalized, and those suffering depression and mental illness. 
We especially bring before you this day Pat Phipps, Leona Tellegrino, Marsha Turvold as she is hospitalized, Judy Christian as she has been diagnosed with cancer, and Brian DeGraff. Give them your peace that passes all understanding, and if it be your will, bring them healing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Risen Lord, we pray for all those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. We ask especially that you comfort and strengthen the family and loved ones of Joanne Steinbrook, who died in the Lord last week Sunday. Watch over and sustain them and give to them your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious God, we give thanks with those who are celebrating gifts from your hand, especially Denny and Jan Kloppenberg, as they celebrate their 43rd wedding anniversary. Continue to bless them with your leading, your grace, and your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and we magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Holy, holy Lord, God of Sabaoth, adored, heaven and earth with proclaim, shout the glory of your name. Sing Hosanna in the highest, sing Hosanna to the Lord. Truly blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do, as often as you drink of it, and this do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you.
Eat his flesh. 
we stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the sacrament by your grace given in this food and drink, the bread of life from heaven, to feed us forgiveness and eternal life. Give us this and every day our daily bread and, for, and deliver us from evil. Equip us with the gifts of the Spirit that we live our lives in faith and hope. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together, Let Us Ever Walk With Jesus.
us all live with Jesus. He has risen from the dead, that to life we may awaken. Jesus, you are now our head. We are your own living members. Where you live, there we shall be. Life eternal grant.